0: One pitch, swing and a drive, deep to right field, way up there, way out of here. Goodbye, baseball. Eight strikeouts for the king tonight and make it 23 consecutive scoreless innings for and the strike three called on the outside corner, and there it is.
1: It's time for the Seattle Mariners Baseball Podcast.
0: Kyle Seeger, that just happened. Thank you very much.
1: Now here's your host, Gary Hill.
2: Hey, welcome back to the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Gary Hill back with you. Thanks for being here once again after what was just a tremendous weekend for the Mariners and their fans and Ken Griffey Jr. going into the Hall of Fame. What a weekend it was. I hope you enjoyed the podcast yesterday. The sounds from Cooperstown, the Ken Griffey Jr. speech, also the video narrated by Lou Pinello, which is outstanding. Just what a weekend it was. Nice weekend on the field as well as the Mariners take two of three from the Blue Jays. We're going to talk a little bit about that, play some highlights from what was a tremendous weekend, especially for Nelson Cruz, one of his highlights coming up in a couple of minutes. We'll get you ready for the Mariners and Pirates. Brief two-game series starting today. It is Felix Day. Happy Felix Day. So we'll get you ready for that as well, and what continues to be a big week for the Mariners. Big road trip. A couple against the Pirates, and then the Cubs this weekend, including Sunday night baseball, and then Boston Red Sox at home the following week, and the Ken Griffey Jr. weekend at Safeco Field coming up as well. But we'll talk more about that as we move through the next couple of weeks. Now, before we get to the Mariners and Blue Jays, there is something I want to point out. If you haven't been following this series, I think you should start. It is tremendous. The 24-story series that the Mariners are putting together, and you can find all the videos. It's a video series, and they're doing it for 24 days. Uh, leading up to the weekend, uh, Ken Griffey Jr. weekend. So there are a handful into it, and you can find them essentially uh, near the same spot that you can find the podcast on Mariners.com. Mariners.com, you'll see the 24 stories tab. I could not recommend this video series more highly. I would go today and check them all out. They're only a couple minutes long each, but they they cover some on-the-field aspects of Ken Griffey Jr., some off the field. I'll play one right here. I'll play the audio, obviously, to give you a little taste of what it sounds like. And this one is great. You've probably heard me play this Ken Griffey Jr. rap. If you haven't heard it or not familiar with it, I'm sure many of you are, Ken Griffey Jr. got together with Kid Sensation in the 90s when he was uh, very young into his career and put together a rap. Kid Sensation, if you're not familiar with Kid Sensation, he was with Sir Mix-a-Lot in the 90s. Check out Swass. That will give you something to do after the podcast if you're not familiar with Swass. Posse's on Broadway, Buttermilk Biscuits, everything else, but... Ken Griffey Jr. got together with Kid Sensation, and here is the story of the Ken Griffey Jr. rap.
0: the,
3: Ken swing the crowd to one Ken a i a a
4: The song, the uh, The Way I Swing, the, the famous duet between Ken Griffey and I. Yeah, it was wow. Um, we were just kind of messing around. I said, if I wrote you something, would you uh, would you try and do it in the studio? And he said, sure. And then I said, all right, I'm going to write you something. So I start writing away, you know? And I shared it with him and showed him what I was doing. And he loved it. He was like, man, this seems like it's going to be cool. And then he uh, decided he would come into the studio and give it a shot. Turn it over to Grip. Go ahead and
3: run you. Two for the bass and one for the trouble. Grip is going to take the party to another level. When I swing, I bring bass like an earthquake.
4: He didn't have a lot of trouble um, um, getting his parts and getting it done. I was really impressed. I'm like, he put in a little work and got this thing together. And so, um, yeah, I was, I was really proud of, of, uh, of what we had kind of come up with after he uh, after he did his part. The song came out in 1992 on my second CD called The Power of Rhyme you know obviously when local radio and those guys got a hold of this thing they went bananas and um literally uh the radio station at the time that was hot um played the song i mean they just would burn it up they'd play it like hour after hour he enjoyed the process of it and um and had a good time you know just bonding with me on a on a, on a track and
3: doing that make an end, swift easily enough of that griff take it back and swing like a monkey because the beat is if i but if I see a girl alike, then I pull her by the arm and start throwing that game like a pitcher. But if the attitude is rude, I switch her for another because I'm the type of brother. Or else check a home and rap to a mother. Girls with attitude joke, don't even say that. Forget about them because if you don't play that, music is the language
2: of all. It's so good, the way I swing. It's so good. So videos like that, I'm going to play the audio versions from time to time. But check out the videos. Follow the series. It's just sensational. They're doing such a great job with it, diving into different aspects of Ken Griffey Jr. So the Mariners take on the Blue Jays, and they win two of three over Toronto. What a series it was. It started on Friday. James Paxton on the hill, and Toronto, one of the top-scoring teams in baseball, one of the best pitching teams in the American League as well. That kind of gets looked over, especially in July. They had the best ERA in July for any American League team. So they've really been playing good baseball. But James Paxton was
0: outstanding on Friday. Two outs. And the 2-2. Caught on and missed. He blows it past him. He comes in with a hammer once again. And Encarnacion slams his helmet. He twirls his bat. Paxton with nine strikeouts through six. And none bigger than this one to Edwin Encarnacion to end the sixth and strand two in scoring position.
2: So the Mariners behind Paxton win game one of the series, two to one, and then they explode offensively. Nelson Cruz, a massive day. Here's the pitch to Cruz, swung on and ripped high and deep to center field. Back is Pilar, he looks up, this is out of here. A grand slam home run for Nelson Cruz as he goes deep, dead center field. And with one swing of that bat, the Mariners have taken a 4-1 to one lead as Nelson Cruz has hushed this capacity crowd in Toronto. He stomps on home plate, looks to the sky, and the Mariners take the lead. 24th home
0: run of the season for Nelson Cruz. Here comes a 2-1 pitch. Cruz swings and wallops this on a line. Rifle down left field. This is gone. The second home run today for Nelson Cruz as he has driven in seven Mariners runs. What an enormous day for Cruz and this Mariners offense. He has driven in half of the 14 runs for the Mariners as they are crushing the birds in Toronto. It is 14 to 2.
2: A grand slam, a three run home run. He drives in seven. Just the 13th time in Mariners history that a Mariner has driven in seven or more runs. He was just one off the Mariners record. A Huge day. It hadn't happened since John Olderwood did it in a Mariners uniform. So it had been a long time. Also for Nelson Cruz, he'd driven in seven more in a game four times in his career, and three of those have come against the Blue Jays. So he has tortured the Blue Jays through his career. Coming into the final game of the series, he had driven in 76 runs in 73 games against Toronto. More RBIs against the Blue Jays than games played, which is awfully impressive. But the Mariners, they broke out the sticks and just had a huge game. Every starter had a hit for the Mariners. They pound out 19 hits in the ball game. They score 14 runs, and they really just obliterate the Blue Jays. R.A. Dickey, his shortest start in a Jays uniform, in fact, hadn't had one that short since he was with the Mets early in his Mets career. Uh, they blew up Jesse Chavez as well, but not giving up a run in July. That changed swiftly. And they just piled up run after run after run, and when Game two and win the series as they took the first two games of the series. Blue Jays, they'll come back on Sunday and win the finale. Mariners just after the 19 hit barrage, just one hit against the Jays. So Blue Jays salvage the finale, but the Mariners take the series two games to one. So, an off day yesterday. And now we'll take on the Pittsburgh Pirates for the first of two. Very interesting pitching matchups. We're going to see Paxton again in game two against Garrett Cole. Cole spent some time on the DL. He's working his way back. Felix Hernandez is working his way back. He'll take the ball today against Francisco Lariano. Supposed to be the one-two punch with Garrett Cole, but for Lariano it has been a struggle. So we'll see the left-handed lineup for the Mariners in this one. But Felix against Lariano. Even with some struggles from Lariano, it should be a very interesting matchup. Big series for the Pirates, too. They're hovering around 500, trying to stay in the race. It has been a struggle at times for the Pirates. Andrew McCutcheon has not had the same kind of offensive year that he's had the last few. Still trying to figure it out, although they have plenty of offensive talent. Marte has been One of the best outfielders in baseball this year. He is piling up some massive numbers. Polanco has been outstanding as well. Even with McCutching having a down year, they still form what is probably the best outfield in the game right now if you consider offense and defense. So a very good team. It's going to be a tough two-game series in Pittsburgh, but a great start to the road trip as the Mariners have taken the first two of three and now look to continue this good road, uh, good road trip with the Pirates and then the Chicago Cubs. Right now, we're going to turn things over to Shannon Dreher, who had another nice piece on Ken Griffey Jr. We're also, after that, going to visit with Shannon Dreher. A conversation right before Ken Griffey Jr. gave his speech. Uh, Aaron Goldsmith, uh, we sat down with Shannon Dreyer and talk to her from Cooperstown. And I think it gives a really good feel about what Cooperstown was like. She also talks about the Mariners party, which sounded outstanding for Ken Griffey Jr. And she gives gives you a really good feel on what Cooperstown was like. So that's going to immediately follow the piece from Shannon Dreyer. Shannon
5: Dreyer here in Cooperstown where the countdown is over. The ceremonies will soon begin and Ken Griffey Jr. will be inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Now I've had the opportunity to spend a little time with Ken the past couple of days and can tell you it's really started to sink in for him. Not too many days before you're in Cooperstown, and you're going to see thousands and thousands of people in front of you. What are some of the things that have gone through your mind leading up to this?
3: Don't mess up. Don't trip going to the podium. Don't fall leaving the podium. And uh, don't start crying due to you have a 22-year-old that says, Dad, don't be no punk. So, but there is an over and under of 90 seconds. from On the tears. Yeah, my dad said that. So... Hopefully, if I don't get him in the 90 seconds, I'm good. He says under, I said over.
5: He has absolutely no chance of not crying. At the gala the Mariners threw for him last night, it took all of 10 seconds for him to break down at the podium. When he had a hard time getting going again, from the back of the room, Jay Buhner yelled, you've got this, brother. Many of those who were there at the beginning for Ken are here today. I
3: had great teammates, you know, with Val, Edgar, Jay, you know, Harold. Dave out. I mean, you know, Alvin Davis, you know, Mickey Brantley, you know, Jim Presley. I mean, Jeffrey, Leonard, all these guys were like my big brothers. And, you know, we're going here. We're doing this. This is what we do. This is how we do things. You, you, you This ain't high school no more. You know, you don't call nobody blue. It's, you yeah. hey, you learn their first names. You know, you talk to them, you know. And, and they showed me the ropes early.
5: Junior says he's the rookie now. With 69 living Hall of Famers, he's on the bottom rung. He'll be that quiet kid at the table this year. He's honored to be among them.
3: The respect that I have for the guys that that played and who in that club is more than I can show because, you know, you look at some of the things that these guys did, what they went through throughout the years, you know, it, it's... Pretty much, I mean, I mean, you know, under Dawson. I mean, I remember, you know, him icing his knees during the game so he could just pinch hit. You know, you know, things like that because he loved the game that much that he would do that. That you know, hey, I want to be around. I'm going, I'm going to do what I have to 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 because you know you're going to have to tear this uniform off and things. You know, now you don't really have that. You know, you don't have very many guys. You know. You know 15, 16, 17, 20 years. You know, guys who 12 like, all right, I'm gone. And, and uh, you know, very few people want to stay around and, and do it.
5: But he did stick around. When it wasn't easy because of the injuries or diminished play, he still loved the game and loved to play. Was there anything he regrets not having done on the field? Uh, uh, no. I mean, as
3: a team, you know, You know, the goal is to win a World Series. Um, Individual, no. As an individual, no. I got to do something for 22 years. 24 years is a problem. Can't complain.
5: The career is over but will forever be celebrated here in Cooperstown.
3: Gary Hill with you alongside
2: Aaron Goldsmith. And now we get the pleasure of connecting with Shannon Dreyer in Cooperstown. Shannon, I cannot wait to hear everything that's going on right now. We're just hours away from Ken Griffey Jr. making his speech, going into the Hall of Fame officially. What is the atmosphere like in Cooperstown right now?
6: It's really incredible, guys. You got here yesterday, and it, it's something I've never been here for a ceremony before, so I wasn't quite sure how it works, but you, you saw just lines of people walking to the field where they have the ceremony and setting up their chairs, and they leave them there overnight. It's not a deal where you have to camp out overnight to get your seats. You just set them up and you go enjoy the village and you come back. And there was already a sea of chairs just everywhere. Uh, last night. Now the folks are lined up. Uh, it's just so neat to walk through the village and see so many Griffey jerseys and so many Mariners jerseys and just kind of, you know, shows you what this guy has meant to so many people because they're coming from, you know, a lot from Seattle. It couldn't be further. And this place, it could be more, it could not be more in the middle of an absolutely beautiful, glorious nowhere. I mean, you have to take windy roads through hills and farms and, and everything else just to get here, let alone the cross-country flights. And so many people have come to see this. It's just an absolute remarkable sight.
0: Now, There's nothing more romantic in baseball than Cooperstown. I think that's, that's for sure. And it's, it's good to hear that you're experiencing it, Shannon, along with, with Rick and Kevin, who I know are out there as well. But can you take us back to yesterday a little bit, Shannon? Because I know there was a whole host of events surrounding Griffey and Piazza as well and a dinner, too. Can you, can you give us an idea as to what happened yesterday?
6: Yeah, you know, it's a full day for the inductees. They they really uh, run them through all sorts of different activities. There was, a, I believe, a baseball game earlier in the day. Then they golfed. and uh, They golfed with the Hall of Famers, and that's a lot of fun for them. And then they get out there, and they're able to talk to the other Hall of Famers while they're out on the course. Uh, there was a media session with both Piazza and Griffey sitting down and, and taking questions from the media. That was the final media session before uh, the induction ceremony. And then there was a, a small dinner for um, the inductees and the Hall of Famers at the Hall of Fame. And then after that, the Mariners threw just an incredible gala for Ken Griffey Jr. And, you know, I can't say enough to this, because the schedule that they have these guys on is is absolutely crazy. They were running. Ken looked tired at the media session Hmm. earlier in the day, and and he's got, I think, 150 people with him. So he's taking care of family and friends as well. (laughs) But uh, he got to the event at about 8.30, and... Uh, it could have been something where he just checked in, said hello, did a little speech and left. He was still there at 11.30 when I left, and he was not going to. Nobody was going to get out of there that wanted to have a word with him. Uh, and he was going to make sure he said hello to everyone. He, there was a, a giant um, picture of him congratulating him, and he stood in front of that and took pictures with people probably for about 45 minutes. But, um, it was at the Fenimore Museum and it was right on the shores of the lake. Beautiful tent, full dinner, and everybody was there. I turned around and there was Jamie Moyer. I'm talking to Jamie Moyer and Cal Ripken Jr. comes up and starts, uh, you know, joining in in the conversation. Turned around and there was Ricky Henderson. Randy Johnson was there. All the Mariners Hall of Famers were there. And it's a neat thing because the Mariners put all the Mariners Hall of Famers up together in the same house. So I was talking to Karen Moyer and she's like, yeah, we're in this room. And And, you know, Alan Davis and his wife are in this one, and Edgar's in this one. They're all just kind of living together for a few days, and Jamie said the stories they've been telling have just been incredible. They're all very much enjoying it as well.
2: That's fantastic, and that's what I love about this so much. It's obviously a special day for King Griffey Jr., but it really is a special day for everyone. His teammates, Mariners fans throughout the country, throughout the world, it is a special day for everyone involved.
6: It really is, and I think that leading up to this, I mean, we all know we're Ken Griffey fans, and we all know that, you know, what he did, uh, very few others did, and there could be a debate that he's the best, you know, baseball player in the history of the game. I mean, this is a guy that belonged to us in Seattle, but to have, you know, this time of celebration since the induction and to have people really come out of the woodwork and the stadiums that we go to all across the country and seeing the Griffey jerseys everywhere we go and realized this guy was really the face of a generation in this game and inspired so many to play. And you know what? I think really the last big superstar before uh, the era that we're in, I mean, he was before you had really kind of the internet. It wasn't a case where you could go and watch his highlights every day. If you wanted to see what he did, you had to get up early in the morning and watch the Sports Center rerun or check the box score. And yet he still was able become this just absolute global superstar. And uh, to to see how, you know, he has kind of evolved as a person uh, outside of the game has just been absolutely incredible, too. He's incredibly gracious. And uh, we've heard the stories about the make-a-wish that that he's done. That was something that he did from day one. But, you know, to hear the stories that teammates tell about how this was a guy where, you know, this person needed this or that person needed that, you knew it was taken care of. He always had an eye out for others. And to see him as both the player and the person celebrated is very special.
0: We're talking with Shannon Dreyer live from Cooperstown, New York. And Shannon, we just have a moment left, but we have been hearing some rumblings uh, online that there will be possibly a part of Junior's speech that will be involving the current Mariners hitting coach. It sounds like he might be uh, doing some live petitioning later this <laughs> afternoon for Edgar. Is that what you picked up on as well?
6: I'm really looking forward to this. Junior, if we asked him question, a couple of questions that we asked yesterday, he said, I can't talk about that because I'm talking about that tomorrow. He hasn't revealed anything that was going to be in the speech, but he very pointedly would not talk about Edgar and said that he has got that covered. So. I can't think of a better endorsement than Ken Griffey Jr. And Edgar has had so many. He is here, by the way. The Mariners gave him the two days off, and I talked to Edgar last night, and he said, well, it looks like the guys carried out my plan just perfectly (laughs) yesterday. So he was very happy to see what he saw on the scoreboard. He also said he knew Nelson was about ready to break out.
0: Well, he called it then. Yeah, you're, you're right. They were kidding him a little bit for leaving right before facing a knuckleballer, and now they're going to kid him because they crushed the knuckleballer. <laughs> so he was toast either way. Shannon, we are so grateful that you are there in Cooperstown to witness this wonderful, wonderful historic day, and we know you're going to soak it all up. We can't wait to talk to you about it in person as well. Uh, have, have a blast today. I know you already have, but enjoy it. We don't have to tell you that. This is, this is going to be something awfully special. Thanks so much for joining us here on the magazine.
6: Well, thank you for having me, and I'm grateful to be here. This is very, very special.
1: I I just wish everybody could experience the feeling that I'm having now. There'll never be anything like it again in my lifetime. And about a month ago, I was standing behind the batting cage at Yankee Stadium and asked Reggie Jackson just what advice he would give me on this exact moment. Now I know it was very sage advice. He said, don't look behind you or you don't have a chance. It can be very intimidating. Can it ever? Those are real baseball cards back there that and a lot of them uh, made such sweet sound in my bicycle spokes many years ago. And it blows my mind to see them sitting here behind me today. When one receives an ultimate honor like this, the fear is that you are going to forget to thank someone, and to him or her, I hereby already apologize. Come with me now to the front porch of 625 Northwest Street, Princeton, Indiana, a 1946 on a hot, sultry July evening, just like today, about 8.30 at night. And an 11-year-old boy is chasing lightning bugs and capturing them in a mason jar that had holes punched into it with an ice pick. Every once in a while, he would squish one between his thumb and forefinger just to see the glow. Now, come on now, you know you've done that too. Dad is sitting on the porch with a cold slice of watermelon on one knee and a hot ear of buttered corn on the other with a cold beverage sitting on the ground. And suddenly, from the old Zenith floor model radio in the living room, comes this voice screaming, It might be! It could be! It is! And the young boy jumps about three or four inches off the ground with each halting phrase. Magic is happening in St. Louis, Missouri. Stan Musial has hit another home run about a zillion miles away and a career has germinated that ends up here in Cooperstown today. Your first thoughts on a day like this go out to your most dearly beloved ones. A summer evening in 1963, I had a date with a beautiful girl. I was going to take her to Dodger Stadium to see again Stan Musial make his final appearance in Los Angeles. I took her to dinner first Asked her to marry me and never made it to the game. And here she sits, 45 years later. I wouldn't be here without you, Marilyn. You gave me two sons and a daughter, and they have given me six fabulous grandchildren. How lucky can a man be? To quote, Hey Barla giamatti the real activity was done with the radio, not the seeing all falsifying television, and was the playing of the game in the only place it will last, the enclosed green field of the mind. Radio plays with the mind. It gives you a mental workout and delusions of grandeur. That's what Harry Carey did to me. My dad took me to my first big league ballpark at Olds, Sportsman's Park in St. Louis, probably I don't know 1947-48, and quite frankly, I was never so disappointed in my life. Kerry had put these guys on such a pedestal, I just knew it was a Parthenon, and I was going—that I was going to—and not a ballpark. You know what? Years later, I know I was right on both counts. Once you're bitten by the baseball bug, it never goes away that's what happened to me. After college, I was drafted into the Army, and after basic training, I was assigned to the Armed Forces Radio and Television Service. And after six weeks of on-the-job training, I was sent to New York City to finish out my tour of military duty at 57th and Broadway in the Fisk Building. Tough duty, to be sure. Casey Stengel befriended this lonely GI and talked baseball into the wee hours of the morning one day After Uncle Sam was done with me, he asked me if I would work for him as a civilian back in Los Angeles, which I did for some six years, broadcasting for EFRS as a civilian to the Angels, the Dodgers, the Lakers, you name it. The best experience a young man could get. Along came 1966, and I hooked up with Golden West Broadcasters, owned by the legendary Gene Autry, who, of course, owned the Angels. Ten years later, when I joined the Mariners, Gene said to me, David you call a hell of a game. Not the game I'm watching, but a hell of a game. (laughs) So maybe I'm representing the guys that have added a little whipped cream and cherry to the great game of baseball, for which I plead guilty and I'm very proud. I've been blessed with incredibly talented partners. Dick Enberg, Hall of Famer Don Drysdale, one of my best friends, wish he could be here today. Buddy Blattner, Don Wells, Guy who's like a brother to me for 14 years, Ron Fairley. My current crew in Seattle, the best. Rick Riz, Mike Blowers, and Dave Sims, my first partner in Seattle. Ken Wilson is filling in for me today in Toronto. And I don't want to forget him or the world's best radio producer, Kevin Kremen. I've been very lucky with ownerships, all of them. After the original ownership, Ambassador George Ardris bought the ball club, then Jeff Smillion, and finally, the current group, headed by Hiroshi Yamachi, Howard Lincoln, Chris Larson, President Chuck Armstrong, Chairman Emeritus John Ellis. I thank all of you. I owe all of you my career. Millions of fans from the Northwest stand here with me today. Believe me, without them, I wouldn't be here today. Over the years, they have been my biggest supporters, And they've been loyal to the Mariners throughout thick and thin. And there was never a doubt in my mind about Seattle being big league territory. From the first pitch, Diego Segui, through to Jerry Remy 32 years ago, it's been quite a ride and it's not over yet. Believe me, the best is yet to come. Cooperstown makes your heart soar while buckling your knees. Nothing will ever replace this moment for those of us on this stage. To Dick Williams, this is long overdue. Talk to the winners who played for him and they'll swear he's the best there ever was. All... Although there are a few who would run him down with a car. An incredible man, Dick Williams. I was lucky to be with him in two places in Anaheim and in Seattle. So. Goose Gossage, closing out his career with the Mariners in 1994, not only closed out his career with pride, but class. And he was a mentor and a pro's pro. I'll never forget one incident. He won't either. There was a number one draft choice in the bullpen with Gossage. His name will be omitted here. He talked a great game. And finally, Goose went up to this kid and said, Just how many Cy Young Awards have you won anyway? And that was the last time you ever heard him chirping. My thanks to Lou Piniella for sharing 10 wonderful years of his life with me. Your legacy will live on forever with the Mariners. And finally, I know there are several bigger names who have preceded me in winning this award. There will be several bigger names after me to win this award but no one will ever be more appreciative. Thank you very much.